This is no longer a basketball podcast. I don't know what it is, but it's definitely not a basketball podcast because this is a podcast about a basketball team that doesn't actually play basketball. It is day eight or day nine of the Wizards not playing. It's Tuesday night. I was going to record it earlier, but then the Washington football team had news. So now we're recording it Tuesday night. And once again, to talk about a team that doesn't play basketball is somebody who doesn't get to watch basketball because this team doesn't play basketball. It's Ben Standig. Yeah. Um, fortunately, I have a GM search keeping me busy. But uh, but by the way, just to the, the two basketball teams that I am most known for in, in terms of you know around town are the Wizards and Georgetown. Both of them are out. And if you were to tack on like a third team from like a professional perspective, it would probably be G- GW basketball. Also paused. So good thing I'm not in the freelance game anymore. Have where, where my life, my 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 uh, uh, revenue depended on covering these games because that would be a problem. Can Can I just ask you a question? Did you just say you were known around town? Well, if <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not known by anybody. But with people like. like if I was associated with any basketball teams, it would be those teams. From from now on, I'm exclusively introducing you on this podcast as Ben Standig. He's known around town, and that's yeah. it. Look, there, there are people that follow me on Twitter, like political type people, who are only following me because I was like one of like the only person covering like GW and Georgetown or things like that. I promise you, it's it's, it's the niche of niche niches, <laughs> but it's a niche. Hey, you can get on the uh, Pops Mensa Bonsu beat. Uh, exactly. I, what do you think I talked to him about most of the time? It wasn't about the go-go. It was about uh, GW basketball. There you go. You're the one person covering it. And, uh, yes, literally. And now we're the two people. I guess people are covering the Wizards now. It's amazing how the less they play basketball, the more people cover them. Because they're... Well, and plus... Plus, with the Zoom, anybody can just drop in. Like the other day, like Rachel Nichols was on the Zoom. You know, she can't just like randomly show up to a game normally, but there she is on the Zoom. They've just had such a tough time dealing with this. They haven't played since last Monday. So their last time that they played was January 11th. I know Woj reported that they were hoping to practice on Wednesday. Still no official word on that. Uh, you know, that that's based on basically if they get more positive tests over the next few days or not. It's possible that they play Friday against Milwaukee. I don't think anybody knows for sure. The league has basically been making the call on these games, whether or not they're going to be played two days out. So, and and that's basically because the Wizards are going to have to travel to Milwaukee on Thursday. And what they don't want is a team traveling into D.C. or a team traveling out of D.C. and then finding out that they're not going to play the game. So if they can avoid that situation, they do. They make the call two days out instead of 24 hours out. So my educated guess is if that Milwaukee game on Friday isn't played, we're going to find about it. I find out about that sometime on Wednesday. Now, the Wizards could end up just barely meeting the threshold and having eight or nine guys on the roster and playing in that game. Uh, that's that's possible. Uh, they could. You know, we'll see if Westbrook is back. We'll see if Westbrook being back matters. Uh, they, they, they might actually be able to get to eight eligible guys. And we saw the league make Philly play when they only had eight eligible guys. 
So it's possible the Wizards play on Friday, but they also haven't played. And if they don't even have 10 guys on the roster who can play, by the way, how the heck are they expected to scrimmage and have a legit scrimmage to just warm themselves up after not playing for a week and a half? So this entire situation is crazy. I'm not totally sure what's going to happen. Maybe they don't play until Sunday. Maybe they just go 13 days without playing a basketball game, which would just be wild in the middle of a season. But the world is wild. So why why shouldn't... Why shouldn't everything else be wild along with it? So sometimes I feel like uh, I'm the proxy for the for the listeners because as we established before, I'm focusing on the the Washington football team, and even though their season's over, I'm still busy. So I'm not following every twist and turn. So obviously the the, the current moment is you know they're out and when are they going to play? But the games are starting to pile up. What's the what's the prognosis in terms of? Uh, of redoing these games because obviously on some level it's probably not realistic to get them all back, but you have to get some of them back. You can't miss. Re- I mean, like let's just say the wizards actually get into the playoff conversation. <laughs> How does that work when you're seven games playing seven games fewer than the Orlando magic or the, the Charlotte Hornets or whomever? How, how does what we're, what, do we have any sense of how that's working yet? I don't know. I I hit up somebody. I don't think the league knows either, by the way. I hit up a source and I I asked that question to them the other day. And basically, you know, the, the league, when they released the schedule, they said that the second half was when they were going to do makeup games. But the Wizards have now missed five. They might miss six. I mean, I don't know for sure when they're coming back. Nobody does because nobody's really officially decided yet. So, they might miss six games. They might miss seven games. I, I can't say with, I wouldn't bet my life that they're going to play on Sunday. I, I wouldn't. I, it's, I think they probably will, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see what ends up happening with if there are any more positive tests, right? So when you miss this many games, it's not like you can have a team play, what, 32 games in the first half. And then 40 games in the second half or 31 in the first half and 41 in the second half. I mean, that's just going to lead to some unbelievably jumbled scheduling in the second half. And on top of that, you know, Tommy Shepard kind of alluded to this. He might have flat out said it during the press conference he did last week. But it's if the Jazz don't have, for example, they missed the Jazz game. If the Jazz don't have a, a natural point where they're coming back to the East Coast in the second half, that that becomes really wonky to try to schedule too. I mean, you're going to make the Jazz come out to the East Coast just to play the Wizards for a one-off and then they're going back. I mean, that kind of stuff makes it really tough too. It's it's really weird. So so I think it's possible based on a conversation I had a couple of days ago. I think it's possible that if they are able to make it up organically during the first half of the schedule, they might try to squeeze in a game here or there. It's possible. Because otherwise, the Wizards are going to be stuck with so many back-to-backs in the second half of the schedule. And by the way, that's going to hurt them if they have you know Westbrook not playing back-to-backs or something. That's clearly going to hurt them down the line because they're going to be missing you know their supermax point guard. So I don't know for sure what they're going to do. I don't think the league knows for sure what it's going to do. It's like everybody is just kind of figuring this out as they go. The beauty of case-by-case case is that you can handle everything individually and... The problem with case by case is that it's just sometimes a fancy way for saying we're making it up as we go along because we have no idea. So, so you know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think kind of anything's in play there. 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to like compare to the other leagues, right? In football, there was one week, I forget, I know Pittsburgh was involved, I forget the exact teams, but they had to shift the schedule around, but it involved like bye weeks and it wasn't that complicated of a shift. So they just, Pittsburgh basically had lost a bye week and then they just played somebody else or whatever. And they, it wasn't like a big deal. They just moved a few things around. Uh, baseball, obviously, if you're doing, if you had that, you know, you're you're in the same you know three game homestand, whatever. So the other team would be, you know, you just have to sort of figure out something. College basketball, like it's been happening a lot, and they're, re- they're literally scheduling games on the fly against a different opponent. They did the same thing where BYU played Coastal Carolina this year, like out of the blue, like with like two or three days notice, four days notice, um, because you know the, the, the they were trying to get more games. But you can't do that. Easily here. The only comparable sport would be hockey, and obviously that's just starting. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. It'll be it'll be fascinating to uh, to to see. And um, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, all this we're we're flying in the dark. It is the definition of. I, I think that's what makes so much of this so weird for people like us. Is like our goal is to try to have information and to try to have an understanding of what happens. And if you don't know, you ask people who do and, and try to be able to then say intelligently, Hey, here's what things are laid out. And now it's like, uh, <laughs> well, so, uh, there's this pandemic and, uh, yeah. And we got to figure out when these guys will get out and we don't know yet. And, uh, until we do, it's really hard to project anything. And then you got, like you said, all these other teams have stuff going on. And even if the wizards get past this point and don't have any other issues, who knows? Other teams may have issues, and now all of a sudden you're missing games because another team is going through this. And uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty wild that, uh, that 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 this is what we're dealing with. Here's here's the point of craziness we're at with the NBA. Somebody told me the other day that there was a team who reached out to a player who was not currently signed, and they asked that player, "Have you had COVID?" and you know, we're considering signing that player. And they asked the player, have you had COVID? And the player said that he hadn't had COVID and he's been good about it and has been really, um, I don't know, what's the word? He's been really careful about COVID, so he hasn't had it. And the team said, okay, we don't want you then. We want someone who like just had COVID so that they have the antibodies and probably won't get it. That's the point where we're at right now with the craziness of everything. I mean, that's that's... Wild, and you know what? I bet you there's. I've heard of one team that did that. I bet you there are other teams that did that. I mean, that's just we're at a point right now in the league where it's like, with all of these contact tracing postponed games and all of these positive case postponed games and all of these teams who are missing guys because of either positive cases or contact tracing. A, Teams are are just, it's just wild. I mean, it is crazy the point that the NBA is at right now. I don't think the league is going to suspend the season. I don't. I think they're just going to try to power through it, get in as many games as they can, and maybe, maybe the Wizards don't end up playing 72. Maybe they end up playing 68 or something, and maybe that's just where they end up at because it's too hard to make up those five games, but you know, like you kind of alluded to baseball, it's a little easier because you have series and that kind of stuff. So it's, and you can play double headers, which you just can't do in basketball. It's a little easier to make stuff up, but you know, you can do it in baseball. You you can figure out a way to do it. If you're just dying to make the games up, you're just dying to do it. You can figure out a way to do it, but it's tough. That being said, 
I mean, like I heard that story. I was like, that's crazy. And that was my first reaction. And and then I was like, yeah, but is it like everything that's going on in the league right now is crazy. And again, everyone's just kind of trying to figure it out as they as they live through it. So just to try to, you know, in life in general, Fred, like I've been trying over the last month or so to uh, focus on the positive things in life. I'm too much of a glass half empty guy, not even glass half empty. Like my glass typically has a hole in it is how I view the world often. (laughs) So I'm trying to I'm trying to just a leaking glass. Yeah, I just kind of that's how I have how I live life. So I've been trying to like, you know, get on a more positive wavelength. You know, the idea of you know, what you put out to the world is what you get back, and all that type of stuff. So in that vein, I'll I'll, I'll go with this level of positive vibes. Like if the Wizards are able to make up some or all of these games at some point, you mentioned the idea of Russell Westbrook about how that could be a problem with back to backs. On the other hand. They're now missing these games that he wouldn't have been playing anyway. And I guess we were told, you know, it's now a week since the since they originally said he was going to be out, um, and that and that they, he would be being checked up on by them, you know, now sometime this week, um, with the idea of him potentially playing on the road trip that is <laughs> maybe isn't going to happen. Um, I, I guess if you want to look at it like they're not missing these games without him, and that if he is able to come back and be you know, closer to the Russell Westbrook we were expecting with before this quad injury maybe sapped him of his explosiveness that, you know, maybe there's some silver lining in that. Um, you know, obviously there's no Thomas Bryant no matter what, but at least if you were to, you know, if, if even if he's, even if there's some back-to-backs down the line, but if somehow you're able to get him back, um, you know, how, you know, may, may, maybe there's something to that. Um, yeah, again, that's, uh, uh, that's the attempt of, uh, Trying to trying to figure out um, something more uh, more 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 positive. I, I don't know if that's really enough, but yeah. that's all I got. If you hear that commotion in the background, that was me flailing my arm and absolutely decking my microphone just now. So you got some sound effects. Yeah, you know what I think is interesting, and you know what I sent out for some Twitter questions. So should we should we get into some of them? Sure. Um, all right. This one's from Justin Russett. Um, why the AP cut? Uh, how long do they have games postponed until the league cancels the season? And does this extended break impact the decision to keep or trade Beal? So one thing that I will say is you mentioned the silver lining. There's also a downside to missing these specific games. And, and I don't know if this necessarily how much this is more of an indirect keep trade Beal situation. But they missed some of their easier games. I mean, they missed uh, two games with the Cavaliers. They missed a Utah game, which is obviously tough. Um, but they missed one with the Cavaliers, or two with the Cavaliers, I should say. Um, they missed one against Charlotte. I mean, the Cavs are playing well. They have the number two defense in the league. They're they're playing very well, but it's it's still Cleveland. I mean, that's still a winnable game. Charlotte's actually defending really well too. I I think they're ninth or tenth in defense right now. But again, that's a winnable game. I mean, these are these are winnable games, and they're missing them and. You know, they have Milwaukee on Friday if they end up playing that. They have at San Antonio after that. They have at the Rockets after that. They have at the Pelicans after that. And, you know, that's that's still a road trip. That's an exhausting road trip, which is going to follow. And at some point in that road trip, they're going to play. And that's an exhausting road trip, which is going to follow, you know, a time where they haven't played, where they haven't practiced, where they haven't scrimmaged, they haven't done all that. Like, that's not going to be easy coming back to you. You come back, you have the Hawks at home. 
You have the Nets at home. You have Miami twice. I mean, that's going to hurt them. They missed an opportunity to pick up. I don't want to say games they should win. I'll never say that a 3-8 and team should win any games. That's not that's not the case. But if they're going to win games, they're games that they're more likely to win than you know a road game against the Spurs, who are playing well. Or a road game against Milwaukee, you know that's that's none of that's going to be easy, especially if they have a limited roster. And then you come back, and unquestionably, when they come back, they're going to be missing some guys. It's not like the league is going to wait. The positive tests have scattered. You know they didn't all come in one day, so it, 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 they're going to be missing some guys when they come back. And so they're going to be playing with a shorthanded roster, and they're obviously going to be missing Thomas Bryant. So. It's it's not going to be easy when they come back, and they will have missed some games that would have been easier. So, I think that I mean that's this isn't good for them. They're, ultimately, this isn't good for them. You're you're right on the Westbrook point. That's that's totally true. Uh, and you know if you if you take out you know the fact that even if you take out the fact that like guys are people are sick, this. This isn't good for them on the whole, just because of what it does for the schedule, the position that it puts them in, in terms of travel. You know, if if some guys are, if if someone has to, you know, be in quarantine and then in the middle of the road trip, that guy is all of a sudden cleared. Like, okay, what's what's the deal? You can't just put that player on a plane and fly him out to meet the team because that would violate the league's COVID protocols. Then you got to go into quarantine. How? What are you going to do? You know, how are you going to handle that situation? Like, I, I just, I really don't know. I don't know the answer. There might be a simple answer there, but there's just a lot to figure out with all this, and it's, it's difficult. Well, on the, on the travel one, so like the NFL during this, the NFL changes policies various times to, uh, to adjust, adjust to the changing landscape. And one thing that happened at the, that that the Washington uh, football team dealt with was. Uh, so everybody has practice squads and you you are allowed to sign a player off another team's practice squad if you're elevating him to the 53 man roster but under the covid that player was still having to go through the standard like 6 days of like quarantine basically but what they did was if the player it, they changed it to if that player was on that team on so if Washington grabbed somebody just to 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 use the Jets in case there's somebody on this podcast who's a Jets fan somehow so if they wanted to grab somebody from the Jets, they could, and they wouldn't have to have that player go through quarantine if the player went on a private plane. You know, so he's a, he's still in the protocol on the one hand. If you go on a private plane, they determined that that was enough. So I guess that would be one way to to sort of move people around. But um, I don't. Know. Hey, they're getting Deshaun Watson. The 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 Jets that you, you uh, the 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 odds on favorite according to the uh, odds makers for these things. That's all I read. All I read is they're getting Deshaun Watson. All right, I Even got worse. It'll be the Miami. The Dolphins will probably get them. But I got another one from the Moise. With the loss of Thomas Bryant for the season and the releasing of AP, which by the way, I if, if you didn't see it, I reported over the weekend they released. Uh, on just Posichniks. So they're down to 14 on the roster now. 14 Posichniks was was uh he was guaranteed 350,000 and uh if 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 I get this right, I think they were pretty close so when a guy is a partial guarantee if we're really going to nerd into this when a guy is a partial guarantee, he starts making more than this partial guarantee when they get to, you know, whatever point of the season where his pay eclipses 
the $350,000 guarantee that he was at. And they were getting right to that point. So um, I would make an educated guess as to that. That's the reason why it happened right about now. Uh, so they released him over the weekend. They have 14 on the roster now. So with the loss of Thomas Bryant for the season and the releasing of AP, do the Wizards sign slash trade for another big sometime soon? Ben, any names in mind? Moise wants to know. Well, I do have a name, but I have a really important question first. If if this is the end of the Pasek era, did you ever learn how to spell his name without looking it up? P-A-S-E-C-N-I-K-S. Wow. Done. I, I don't know how to say his name, let alone spell it. Good for you. Done. I was, pr- I was proud when I learned how to spell Wojnowski finally without having to look it up. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. I guess the Toronto Raptors waived uh, Alex Len and uh you know he he qualifies as somebody of interest one I've heard of him uh two he'll be in theory available if he uh uh clears waivers um and uh three he is the perfect blend of the to, to go old school here the perfect blend of the Susan O'Malley and Ernie Grunfeld philosophy is the the, the, the the bringing in a player with local ties former University of Maryland Center and he's international uh, these are the things that like the perfect Venn diagram of people that have been that that would have been part of a, a wizards or a bullets marketing slash uh, evaluation uh, effort so yeah Alex Len, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that although I guess a question is like I don't know where he's at with his play these days but you know based on what, what, what else they have I mean sure I'll go with that yeah I mean he's been behind bands in Toronto he hasn't really gotten an opportunity in Toronto I, I thought he was pretty good when he was in Atlanta last year I thought he played pretty well when uh, during the portion of the season when he was in Atlanta he's been he's been behind bands and he's been behind Boucher in Toronto. Boucher's been great for them. Baines is like giving them nothing, but he's still behind that guy. And so he just hasn't really played and and they ended up waving him earlier today. The Wizards can't claim him on waivers because even though he's got a small salary, it's technically part of the mid-level exception. And because the Wizards are over the cap and they don't have an exception that's the size of his salary, they're actually not allowed to claim him on waivers. So they have to wait for him to clear waivers and then they can sign him. We'll see if he clears waivers. He might not clear waivers. Someone could claim him. So they've got 48 hours to see if he clears waivers. If he does clear waivers, it's possible. They could sign him. I mean, they're, they're, they could use another center. They really could use another center with Bryant out. I mean, Lopez and Wagner is not the greatest center rotation in the history of the NBA. They could They could use something else. And I could see... Len helping to a degree, but to me, his appeal is that you don't really have to give up anything for him. And he's, you know, an NBA player who you don't really have to give up anything for. I would not, with them at three and eight, I would not be making a move that's some sort of short term band aid. I would not give up any sort of future asset for a short term band aid. You know, the Trevor Ariza trade. When the season where they end up 32 and 50, they give up Kelly Oubre and they bring back a clear rental. That's not what I would do. You know, I think JaVale is interesting. You want to talk about you want to talk about reunions? I think JaVale is interesting. The Cavs just traded for for Jared Allen and they have Andre Drummond, obviously. I mean, JaVale is obviously a rental, so you kind of 
have to talk about a way that that could happen without you giving up anything for the future, which I, I don't. I, I think the only way that that potentially happens is if there's a guy the Wizards have who they just flat out do not like, don't think will become anything, and the Cavs think, eh, maybe he becomes something. So there's just kind of a disagreement on talent there. Like maybe if the Wizards are out on Jerome Robinson, they didn't pick up Jerome Robinson's option. They would have picked it up if they loved him, you know. Uh, so they didn't they didn't pick up Jerome Robinson's option. Maybe it's a scenario where oh, you trade Jerome Robinson. For JaVale, we're out on Jerome Robinson, and that brings you in JaVale, who's got a year left and is a free agent after this year. But if I'm them, I'm not giving up a pick for JaVale. I, I'm not doing that. I, I'm not giving up a top 45 protected second rounder, I don't think. I just don't see what. So you can win a couple more games in a regular season where you're 3-8 and eight and you're kind of in trouble with a lot of the roster not eligible to play right now. I just I don't, I don't see that. You want to hear a fun fact about JaVale, though? Always. All right. So, actually, maybe this isn't fun. I think it's fun. So, the Wizards applied for the disabled player exception with Thomas Bryan Hurt, which basically allows them to sign a player for more than a minimum salary when a player is out for the year. Bryan is out for the year, so they will probably at some point be granted the disabled player exception. They've done this before with, with John Wall, and they do it with Bryan. The way it works is... It's basically it's it's half of Brian's salary. So Brian makes eight point three million this year. If they get granted the disabled player exception, it's for about four point one seven million dollars. That means they could sign somebody for up to a four point one seven million dollar salary for this season. If you use it as a trade exception, it's four point one seven plus a hundred thousand dollars. JaVale McGee makes four point two million dollars. Which means that JaVale's salary is un, is is about sixty thousand or sixty five thousand dollars less than what they could have in that option. Which means he basically fits into that exception as closely and as narrowly as you could possibly imagine. So there is a way where the Wizards could get JaVale without having to match salaries. They could give up their smallest salary guy, who's Anthony Gill, or they could, if they wanted to, give up a pick and take back JaVale or something like that. Or they could structure it weirdly to where they do match salaries, but they still take them into the exception. They could create a trade exception doing that and elongate their flexibility. So that, I think, is interesting. They could trade for JaVale, they could get a trade exception out of it, or you know, they could end up bringing him in without really having to give up a player. So... I think that's a JaVale fun fact, isn't it? It's definitely a fact. <laughs> that's what we have now, though. We just have that. There's no basketball to talk about, Ben. There's nothing. I'm losing my mind here see, seeing whose salary can narrowly fit into a disabled player exception that doesn't even exist yet. Uh, I'll, I'll have to find you if I haven't showed you before. When he was here, somebody, a guy I know who was like uh, uh, one of the bloggers who was uh, on the beat. He did put together this JaVale compilation video uh, of his time here. And it was a, there's like a portion where Ted Leonsis calls him erudite. It's really funny. Uh, off the, if, if the, I'm a, I always want to like put it out there just to like put out the idea into the world, into the universe that JaVale should come back. I mean, we could at least have some fun uh, with, 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 with this thing. And like, you know, JaVale's, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, not a bust. He, he's had a, he's had a solid career, you know. 
Uh, one, he's got a ring or two. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I'm fine. If Javale, if they want to bring Javale back, like you said, for nothing, you know, uh, Jerome Robinson or whatever, uh, I'm down with that. You know, you know what's crazy though? Like I'm sitting here, like I was gonna say, like you know, look at this point for the Wizards, I, I'm not doing anything. I'm, you know, there's no point in making any real uh, moves. But like, the Detroit Pistons are last in the Eastern Conference right now. The only team below the Wizards. They're five and a half out of first place in the in the conference. The Wizards are four and a half back. The Wizards are two games out of eight. There's only five teams in the entire Eastern Conference right now with a winning record, which isn't to say that hey, the Wizards are still in it if they get hot, because there's a lot of variables that go into to, to that. But at the same time, it is like I could see them easily saying, "Hey, look, <laughs> we are uh, you know we're right there. We lost Thomas Bryant. We'll assume that we're going to get Westbrook back and everybody else back, hopefully." And, um, you know, maybe, maybe, well, why why not make a move? I mean, I think that would be terrible. But I'm just saying, like, it's crazy to look at the standings and everybody is under 500, basically. I know. Well, that is the exact logic that's gotten them in trouble in the past. A hundred percent. That's why they shouldn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, but. you can make a move. You can make a move that is that helps your present and doesn't hurt your future. You can do that. That's fine. I just I wouldn't give up a pick. I wouldn't give up a young player who could potentially turn into something good. I wouldn't do that. In which case, you basically have to make a move where you you either swindle someone or you're you're helpful because you have resources. You know, maybe they need to cut a little bit salary and you jump in as the third team. Tommy Shepard's been very good at that. That was how they got Jerome Robinson. That was how they got Bertans. That was how they got Wagner and Bonga. Shepard has a track history of doing that. I don't think we should sit here and believe that he's trying, that he he wouldn't be willing to do it again. I mean, that's that's a typical Tommy Shepard move. And that kind of stuff is like you take on potential reward and you really have no risk. So so that kind of stuff, I I could see them trying to make a move like that. They They don't have the flexibility they did to the degree when they made those moves because they don't have a trade exception uh, like that's as large as the ones they did then. But, you know, if you get the disabled player exception from Bryant, which I anticipate they will, that's about $4.2 million of flexibility that you're able to use. So there, there are ways for them to be clever, for them to be able to get something to help them without sacrificing their future. Before I, I I can I can sense the listeners ripping their head their hair out thinking oh my god is he saying sacrifice their future no they shouldn't do anything to sacrifice their future I got one more and this one's for you because it's up your alley uh, from Juan Pinedo one twenty two what do you want to see from Denny at the end of the season and I assume by the end of the season they mean the rest of the season. What do I want to see from Denny? Um, you know, I think about any young players, honestly, for me, it's just like level of consistency. I, I, I'll, you know, be honest, he hadn't played in so long. And right before they would stop playing, uh, I was, you know, not watching every second of them play. But obviously, he's got a great feel for the game. And to me, that's an absolute, um, you know, th- that's an absolute win off the bat. I think just, you know, for me, just him being so young and, you know, coming over from another country to a new league, you know, just, just, basically a level of consistency sure if his if he's you know got a three-point shot that's uh you know hitting a decent percentage of them and defensively he's not feeling over looking overmatched 
But, you know, I just think, you know, not, I mean, I think in general, with any, this is, this goes for all of us in life, but for sports in general, are you there night in, night out, playing at a pretty, you know, at your regular level? There will be nights when you shoot three for 10, and there'll be nights you shoot seven for 10. But, you know, is your level of uh, performance there? And if you're, if you do that, that's, I think, where the good stuff starts to happen because he clearly looks like he has the goods. But just like with anybody, you know, are you there all the time? Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't expect it from any rookie, but uh, that would probably just be the most sort of simplistic and obvious thing. I'm sure you have more like technical stuff to, to point to, but that would be sort of for me just the basic level uh, for sure. Tell you what, it's not technical. I can't believe how many threes he's making. I just keep waiting for the misses to come and they're not they're not really coming. He's shooting he's shooting really accurately and it looks kind of funky and I've talked about in the podcast before how when he catch he shoots off the catch, he doesn't dip and so it looks kind of weird. His form's a little wonky. But the ball is going in and from everything everybody there tells me, he makes them in practice all the time too when they scrimmage, if he's open, he hits every shot. So I I don't I'm just surprised. I mean, the book on him was that he couldn't shoot, and it's only been 10 or 11 games for him, and, you know, 30-something three-point attempts. So let's not judge 45%. Let's not look at his 30-something three-point attempts and say that he's the 45% shooter that he's been over those 30-something three-point attempts. But if he's a 35% three-point shooter and up for the long term, which that seems very plausible to me, that's a real player. Now you've got someone with his playmaking ability. I would love to be able to see him playmake some more. And that's not it's I'm going to say that's like 20% on him and 80% on the Wizards. He obviously takes much more of a playmaking initiative when Westbrook isn't there. And that's just going to kind of be the way that it is when Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are on your team. That's he's just not going to be running as many pick and rolls. He's not going to be facilitating as much. That's just kind of the way that it has to be, especially when you stagger those two and one of them's always on the court and they're just going to be, you know, not just the head of your offense, but the head of your offense, the neck of your offense, the shoulders of your offense, the torso of your offense. That's just the way that those guys are playing this year, especially Westbrook, obviously. And, and, and that affects things. I would love for them to try to figure out some way to get him some more playmaking and be able to develop that because I think he seems really natural when he's running a pick and roll, when he's passing. But but the things that he can control can control for me ultimately um it's just the mental stuff. That's what I want to see from him. I think he's he's a very he's clearly very a very bright player, a very high IQ player and Steady progression on not fouling as much, getting to the right place a little bit quicker. I think he has it in him to be a really good defender. Getting to the right places a little quicker defensively. Learning how to go through his pick and roll reads a little bit better. Not relying on the same ones. All things I think he's going to do. I think if you see progression on those sorts of things throughout the season, I think that's a that's a really big win for the Wizards. Because he, he looks good. He looks like he can play for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, it's one of the things that just makes this whole thing so frustrating. Obviously, the COVID is sort of at another level, but 
you know, just in terms of, you know, Westbrook not being 100 percent and just, you know, I guess it's impossible. It's impossible to separate the, the COVID situation because it's just it's a constant for everybody. You're not, you know, they're barely practicing if practicing at all. You know, the, the, he instead of hit the normal deal that he would have come in. Um, you know, had been able to go to summer league, go through a regular training camp, you know, all the progression stuff that you would have, uh, you know, he he didn't get any of that. And so to see what he's able to do again, new country and all these things is really impressive that that he's able to do that. And that's ultimately, you know, the mental aspect of this. We know, we, you know, it's re- typically when we all talk about these things, it's what's his three point shot look like? And does he have a good handle? Can he play defense? But the mental aspect of this is so f- key. I mean, not just confidence, but just having a, an understanding of what's going on out there. Um, you know, like I saw, I was watching some of the the Warriors Lakers game last night, and uh, on TV, and, and uh, you know, Kelly Oubre had a really good game. I think it was his highest score of the year. And if you just watch that game, you think, "Wow, Kelly Oubre," you know, that, that guy's really good. But it's he's obviously been massively inconsistent. His shot's been terrible all year, and you know, the inconsistency and some of the other things go on all the time. And that's why he can look great one night, but what about the other four nights? You know, and and um, to see this kid come in and, and perform like he has is is encouraging. I'm, I mean, I don't want to go overboard because you know we'll see, but it's been encouraging to say the least in a year in which there's been very little to be encouraged about with his organization generally, and you know, uh, and all that. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's a good sign. Anything else we got before we wrap up? Um, no, man. I mean, you, you, you know, I. I'm, Kudos to you for still figuring out what to write and talk about with this thing, because obviously, you know, it is it is like I remember like preseason, I was saying this is the least interested or at least pre Westbrook trade that this is the least interested I've been in this team in forever, in part because of just the the, the lack of upside. Well, that was relative to just having talk about basketball. (laughs) This is, you know, a whole other level. So it's, um, you know, it's wild. Hopefully by the time we do another podcast. Like there's a, if they haven't played a game, at least where we have some sense of uh, where things are headed. Well, I'm glad you saved your ringing endorsement for the subject matter of the podcast until 38 minutes in. So <laughs> at least we didn't no. declare it off the front. Yo, 38 minutes. You all wasted your time. I tricked you. Waste your time another two minutes, though, because I will tell you if you want to waste your time reading stories that I've written about the wizards and COVID and learn some more and maybe learn some more about, uh, you know, I spoke to spoke to a sports medicine doctor about the effects this could have on injury and how the wizards kind of have to re ramp up after taking a week and a half off in the season. You can check that out over at the athletic DC. I will have a story Wednesday morning. That's actually about like the sport of basketball and the wizards playing basketball. Uh, I haven't finished writing it yet, but that'll be up tomorrow morning. And it'll be something along the lines of, uh, you know, evaluating storylines throughout the year that from the early season and if they're real or fake and that kind of stuff. And I got a thing about Beal. I got a thing about Westbrook. I got some other stuff too. So check that out over at the athletic DC. If you want to be a subscriber and you're not a subscriber, you can very, very easily save that situation or change that situation. I don't know. You can, you can sign up if you go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark, theathletic.com slash wizards after dark, and you can sign up for $3.99 a month. It's worth it. Not, you don't ever have to read my stuff, but it's worth it for Ben's amazing work uh, covering the football team. It's worth it for the rest of our NBA team who, who just does an unbelievable job covering the league and all the great beat writers, all the great national people we have who cover it at a league-wide level. 
We have amazing MLB coverage, NFL, NHL, WNBA, all that stuff. We have we have such good sports coverage. Gets my endorsement, my very non-biased endorsement. All you got to do to sign up is go to theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark, and you can sign up for $3.99 a month. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. That would be a wonderful help if you're randomly listening to this, but you're not a subscriber. Tell your friends about the podcast. If you really love the show, you can go on iTunes and you can give us a five-star rating. You can leave a review. You can obviously subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can certainly subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast, because if you're listening to it there, then there's probably an option to subscribe to it. So check that out. Uh, I will be back with another episode. You know, I don't know for sure if I'll be back with another episode later this week, to be honest. I know I've been doing two episodes a week, but I might might just hold in and do one. Uh, you know, next week, it kind of depends on if they end up playing on Friday, which who the heck knows at this point, or if they end up playing on Sunday, which again, who the heck knows at this point, but I might be back with another episode later this week. If not, then I'll talk to you guys early next week. What did I say? I might be back with another episode later this week. If not, I'll be back early next week. Whenever it is, I'll talk to you guys then.